Hey everybody, it's Kenya, and this is the Thank You For Saying No podcast, where we find meaning in life's unexpected turns. Hey everybody, we're starting this new feature opportunity for the listeners and subscribers. Since starting the podcast, we have been so inspired by all of you in the Thank You For Saying No community, from the messages, to the comments, to the reposts, to the reshares, and to the people reaching out feeling inspired and wanting to share their own story. It has been incredible. We want people to feel connected to the Thank You For Saying No community when listening to each episode. And even though we come from different industries or we come from different backgrounds, that we can all really still relate to one another and realize that we're actually more connected to each other than it might seem. On the podcast, we want to make you feel connected to the thank you for saying no community and really create a space that inspires us to all feel inspired and grow together. We now have a way to do that. You can submit your own thank you for saying no story. Tell us how it changed your life in a great way and we'll read it on the show. You can submit your story in the form which is linked in the description or you can also find it on our Instagram at thank you for saying no it's linked in the bio submit a story you can obviously do it anonymously but if you leave your name and your social media we will give you a little shout out and all the submissions will be put into a drawing for some exclusive thank you for saying no merch so our submission for today's episode is from Anna Kate Jolly her Instagram is Anna Kate dot Jolly And she said, my thank you for saying no moment was when I finally realized that I'm thankful for having epilepsy, but I would not allow it to define who I am as a person. I made the choice and said, no, I'm not going to let this define me. A quote that I told myself every day was, my disability doesn't define me. It took me a while to actually believe that. Now, when I say that out loud, I actually believe it. I'm glad that I have epilepsy because now I can take my experiences and share my story with others. I've learned to turn having epilepsy into a very positive thing. I've been able to help others and even give them advice if they're new to having epilepsy. Yes, Anna. Thank you for sharing your story with us. That was amazing. Your your journey as a model with epilepsy is truly inspiring and a testament to your strength and your resilience, your determination to overcome letting epilepsy define who you are is so admirable. And we love these kind of stories on the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing and keep shining. I have no doubt that your story will inspire others facing similar challenges and we love to hear it. So we want to hear from all the listeners. So submit a story. The form is in the description. You can find that the link in our bio on Instagram at thank you for saying no. And with that, let's get started. Sam Valentine, welcome to the Thank You For Saying No podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. So for the listeners at home, I met Sam at a podcast conference earlier this year. And she has an incredible story and I knew we had to get her on the show. So I'm very excited that you're here today. Thank you. I mean, this is networking at its finest, right? (laughs) So Sam is a very talented actress and podcast host. She has been in several national commercials, voiceovers, TV roles, um, and feature films, Mm -hmm. including Bosch. Is that how you say it? Bosch Legacy on Amazon Mm -hmm. and The Orville on Hulu. Very exciting stuff. Congrats on that. Thank you. Um... 
And with her years of experience in the entertainment industry and with her podcasting, she's really created something that I personally admire, which is a community Mm. of people who are going through similar things, similar struggles, and you just bring your own unique experience, which I love. And I want to talk a little bit about today. Yeah, I'm so excited. And thank you for saying that because sometimes we kind of get lost in the hustle of living in a town like this, mm-hmm. like Los Angeles. And it's yeah. hard to, uh, it's hard to see where we've been in the work we've done. So I appreciate really that. Thank yeah. you. So today I want to talk about some of your hurdles, some of just how you overcome your hard times, obviously mm-hmm. some of your thank you for saying no moments and some of your successes. Too. Yeah, let's so do it. Let's start with your podcast. Mm-hmm. Tell us what inspired it. Any thank you for saying no moments that led you to create your podcast? Oh my God. I feel like my whole career is a thank you for saying no moment. Like when you described to me what your podcast is, I mm-hmm. was like, oh, this could have been my second podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Because uh, as, as an actor, half of what you do, I shouldn't say half, 99% of what you do is not for you. Mm-hmm. Not, like our job is to just audition and audition and audition. And we don't get most jobs. And that's the reality of it. And it's a lot of no. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get like a Jamie Lee Curtis moment where the no of getting kicked off a show leads you to the movie of Halloween. <laughs> and sometimes you get a uh, thank you for uh, thank you for coming in. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. And you just have to go cry in your car. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's hard to delineate those moments when you're in them. Yeah. Uh, and my podcast came out of a moment where I was – I had had a high of acting. Uh, I was filming a movie in another country. I was the lead. It was thrilling. It was so exciting. I came home and everyone saw that glorious – like the posts on Instagram of mm-hmm. me being in another country and filming and so great. And it was awesome and I learned so much in that setting and with those people and they everyone was just working their faces off at mm-hmm. that job. And I came home and I had been fired from my job mm-hmm. because I'd had to leave for about eight weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, companies looked down on that. <laughs> uh, and so when I got back, I didn't have health insurance. I had lost – I had for my first job with a 401k before I left. Uh, I had so much going and I got home and it felt like everyone was congrat- congratulating me but I hadn't achieved anything in my eyes. Mm. I had done the work, but you know, you never know if a movie's going to come out, when it's going to come out, what it's going to look like. Yeah. And I know better than to know that this is going to be it, quote unquote, because mm-hmm. most of the time it's not how it works. Mm-hmm. And so I, out of a moment of just pure, I don't know what to do with this feeling, I started writing about it. And the blog eventually transitioned to a podcast. Mm. And I was like, I want to ask people who have lived this life how they dealt with this. Like, What do you do when you film a movie and you don't know when it's going to come out? Yeah. What do you do in the in-between days? And I wanted details, not just from famous people from when they were famous. Question. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to know like how yeah. – what did you do in, in the in-between days? Mm-hmm. And how did you find the agent that changed your life? Did yeah. you send an email or was it a text? Was mm-hmm. it a phone call? Like let's get specific. Yeah. Because it's so broad. Broad and mm-hmm. I wanted real things. And and so that's where the podcast stemmed from was that moment of purely laying on the bathroom floor crying, not knowing what the next move was, mm-hmm. how I was going to get myself out of this slump and where to direct my energy. And so this universal no I got of my managers of the time telling me I can't post about needing a side job because mm-hmm. they were pitching me as a leading lady 
on Facebook. Um, my <laughs> uh, movie may or may not have been getting made or been good or whatever I thought it was. All of the negatives that led to that yeah. led to where I am now, which is in a extremely privileged position of having a podcast that's an indie pod, mm-hmm. all mostly on my own except for the help of a, a handful of awesome people and – and man, it's like kind of my job now. And that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a great answer. There's yes. um, there's a lot to unpack there. And I think I want to start with, you mentioned an agent and mm-hmm. having a supportive agent. And I think, you know, for me, um, when I was, so I'm an attorney. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. I'm an attorney. And when I was studying for the bar, when I was like really in the thick of it, I was so lost like it was so hard I I felt like I was giving studying my all I put everything into it day in day out and I couldn't see the finish line right Mm -hmm. and for me the finish line wasn't taking the exam it was I had to wait for the results I had to find a job (laughs) I had to move states still that it just didn't seem like any of it was attainable yeah the bar just kept getting higher too literally literally and figuratively (laughs) But um, I had support. Mm. I had support. I had people who believed in me when I couldn't believe in myself, when I didn't see myself coming through the other side. And I think that is something I've learned is so important to surround myself with people who believe in me and to tie that to your agent part. um, We love hearing about us leaving situations and and transitioning in different ways. And it sounds like you had a really big transition in this moment that you're talking about. But did you, have you found an agent who is very supportive? Yeah, I'm so lucky. My whole team now, I, I love every member of it. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. It's such a huge jump from (laughs) where I was back in the day. Mm -hmm. And and I wouldn't have known I had I had some real rough agents in the beginning of my <laughs> career. Like I've written articles about them because mm-hmm. they've been a lot. Yeah. And you know, I just assumed at the time that that's how it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And what you said about seeing other people helping you see the finish line or helping you set your bar, if people aren't behind you for those moments of weakness where you're like, I don't know if this is even yeah. possible. It, you will fail mm-hmm. because when you're the only thing standing you up, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. And especially if you don't have – like I don't know if you had this when you were going through it, but having examples of people who have done it before you mm-hmm. because your brain really functions off of knowing that things can be facts. Yes. And so knowing that like you've seen someone do it or you've been in a situation like this before and you've gotten yeah. past it is so important. Mm-hmm. And so like did you have that? Did you I have did, people who yeah. were like ahead of you? I had a mentor um, who helped guide me through the whole process yeah. and just a bunch of people who I relied on for support. I think so important. in that moment, it was definitely bad <laughs> for me. Yeah. I like I definitely had a nervous breakdown. It was it was just horrible and and if I didn't have those people who I could look to for guidance and who've made it across the finish line, you yeah. know, I, I'm i so grateful for them. Oh, and to normalize the fact that you had like a nervous breakdown, for yeah. example. Yeah. Because you feel when you're in those moments, you often feel like you're the only one experiencing mm-hmm. whatever that thing is mm-hmm. and that everyone else is just sliding through, yeah. you know? Yeah, they're like dancing and I'm like yeah. being dragged. Yes, <laughs> yes. But it's not like that. No, That's and to know is. that everyone else is also struggling mm-hmm. or has struggled in a similar way to you mm-hmm. makes it so much more – it's just like a – it's just you can take that weight off your shoulders mm-hmm. sometimes. And I get that with with acting all the time. I have a lot of – 
people who I made friends with, especially when I first got to LA, there was one actress named Ashley Platts who she's amazing. She works all the time. And she was like my guiding light when I got here. And I don't know why she took me under her wing and like really took care of me. We worked at a restaurant together and without people like that who were years ahead of me, I don't think I would have lasted Mm because I didn't understand what this would even look like when I was quote unquote making it. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have to be able to picture it in some capacity, even if you make it up in your own brain. Mm -hmm. So that makes me wonder what support has your agent now offered you Mm. that you didn't previously realize was vital to your success? Oh, that is such a good question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. Mm. And I've done a lot of podcasts, so props. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, What's something they offer now? So I'm lucky I have a print agent. I have a voiceover agent. I have a theatrical agent. I have a commercial agent. So Mm -hmm. I have a lot of people behind me and I have a manager. And everyone except my manager actually is female, Mm -hmm. which has been really lovely. Mm -hmm. And my manager's team has females on the team. And my manager, Steve, shout out, also (laughs) awesome. Um, But having – what you know? What I think it was was when I started with all of these people, I was a different person. Mm. Um, I showed up much differently than I did earlier in my career. So when I had my initial meetings with them, I took up space and I said, "This is who I am, and this is what I'm going to do, and this mm. is what I'm capable of." And I remember with my theatrical agent, her name is Brittany Stone, and we met, and I, I looked at her on the Zoom because it was the January of 2021. <laughs> And I said, listen, I've had agents before and they took me just because. And so if you don't think this is a good fit, don't take me just because you think maybe. Mm-hmm. I just want it to be a for sure. Yeah. And that was some real ballsy shit because mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't ha- – I needed a theatrical yeah. agent. And if anyone's listening and they don't know, theatrical is film and television. And mm-hmm. that's the baseline of Los Angeles work yeah. for a lot of us. And she was like, okay. And she took it and she was like, great, I love that you know that about yourself. Let's go. Mm. And so showing up and taking up space for myself, I think, set the bar with these agents to know that I'm not a 20-year-old running around like a chicken with my head cut off anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm a real person and I have really a lot of value. And I also come with my own baggage. I have yeah. – my family. Mm -hmm. I have my friends. I have my life. Mm -hmm. And they all support that. Mm. And that's something that my first, my first couple agents and managers were not really interested in. Yeah. They weren't interested in me as a person, which there are people who have successful relationships with reps in that way where Mm -hmm. it's just cut and dry business. They're not personal at all. That's totally fine. Mm -hmm. And I've had those and I still will have some more in the future that will be successful in that way. But what I need right now when I'm in this stage that I'm in in my career is someone who can see the full picture Mm -hmm. and see that, yes, I'm an actor who can make you money, but I also have this rad podcast Mm -hmm. and I have this whole platform and I have three dogs and a husband and like all these other things going on. And that's what makes me viable, not Mm -hmm. just this one thing. Yeah. That's really, really awesome. Yeah. And I think it sounds like it took some self-recognition of your of yourself. To a lot of to growing articulate up. It. Yeah. A lot of growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because no one's going to necessarily recognize you, especially if you don't recognize you. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Keep yeah. that quote. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to talk about your acting journey a bit mm-hmm. too and the roles that you didn't get specifically. Mm. So – um, how have the roles you haven't gotten shaped you as an actress? Let's start there. 
Hmm. Wow. Well, it will definitely add fuel to your fire. I totally relate to that. <laughs> yeah, right? Yes. All the no's actually give you a lot of fuel. Mm-hmm. And I think it doesn't matter what business you're in. There is – I have – I sometimes say that there's – behind every actor is like three people they want to prove wrong yeah. and like a hundred people they want to prove right. Yes. Because there's a couple people you want to just like stick it to. Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple people, there's a handful of better people that you want to be like, thank you for supporting me. Mm-hmm. This is where we got. Yes. And I think, oh man, it's hard to say sometimes because like the, what, what was your question? I got to look at it. Yeah, how did the roles shape you as an actress? The mm. roles you didn't get. Mm. Well, you know, there's so many of them. (laughs) Most of them. (laughs) I would say there's probably, I mean, let's see, how many times did I book last year? Like three. And I probably had close to 60 to 100 auditions. Mm. So most of them you don't get. Yeah. Um, So along with adding the fuel, there's also, they give you something else, which I don't think a lot of actors really acknowledge as much, which is you realize what you don't want to do. Mm. There are some things that when I get it, I'm like, I don't know if I'm a fit for this, but let me try it on. Yeah. And I'll put on a character and I'm like, I don't like her. Yeah. I don't know if I want to be her. I don't Mm want to explore this anymore. Um, There's some roles that are really deep and heavy. And sometimes when I don't get a callback about the role where I lost my child and my husband in a car accident. I'm not super bummed that I don't have to spend six weeks living in that sadness Yeah. sometimes, which, you know, it's an interesting place to explore, but it's a lot of heavy. Yeah. Uh, so there's a gift in that too. And we, the cool thing about the things you don't get is that you at least got to try. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that hurts the most is when you don't even get to try. Mm-hmm. Like there's auditions that I really wanted to get, like, I have friends in casting and occasionally they'll message me and say, I saw this and it's totally you. Are you going out for it? And I'll forward it to my agents and managers and they're like, yeah, you know, we tried. We can't get you seen for it. Mm. But do you want to tape anyway and we can still try and get it to him? And sometimes I will. Yeah. But those are the ones that I'm like, oh, I don't even get a chance to be rejected. Yeah. That's where I get really bummed Mm -hmm. because they're probably only going to see famous people Mm -hmm. or people who have six times the credits I do. Yeah. And that's the ones that hurt, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, But like you said, it just kind of adds fuel to that fire, right? Yeah. Well, you said that and I agreed with you. That was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did. (laughs) Cool. Thanks. (laughs) I don't want to take credit for you. (laughs) But you feel it. You know what I mean. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. It was – I'm the same way. So when I was applying for jobs after law school – Every rejection, I applied to five more. Every time I didn't get an interview, I applied to five more. And I think I definitely have had more rejections than Mm -hmm. places I've been accepted to for jobs. And like my whole life is a series of plan Bs. The first, the thing that I actually want has never turned, like has never come to fruition. But the, the plan B, I learned to love. So it works out anyways. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's so true. And that's. Oh, man, if I could have told myself that, like, I am almost 35 and this is what your life is going to look mm-hmm. like and you're going to own your own businesses yeah. and they're going to be great. Your acting career is going to be pretty good, but you're going to like the people you work with mm-hmm. and things are only looking up. Yeah. I would be like, well, I wanted to be famous yeah. and on the cover of <laughs> magazines. What? <laughs> that is not what I signed up for. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, Sam, we don't really make magazines very often anymore. <laughs> They're all digital. Like, there's just a lot that I would have missed. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if I would have been 
if I would have had certain roles or done certain things, I might not have ended up with the family and friends that I have now. Mm. And that's something you can only say with perspective and also privilege, right? Because it's easier for me to look back knowing I can pay my bills, Mm -hmm. knowing I have supportive family. And that comes with a, that comes from a great deal of growing up with privilege and just being myself walking through the world. I'm, I have a lot of privilege. And so it's easier for me to count my blessings when my blessings are handed to me by society sometimes. Mm, that's, yeah. a good, that's a really good point that you bring up. I was going to ask you actually how have these role, the roles you haven't got shaped you as a person, but you just jumped right into it. Yeah. And I, <laughs> <There you> think, <laughs> I think that's that's incredible that you have that self-recognition and that self-awareness because not a lot of people recognize that. And yeah. I think it makes you a better person and more – People wanting to listen to you more, making people want to listen to you more because you you recognize all of that. Yeah, I think – thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I think there's – it's a responsibility mm-hmm. we should have because I don't – because I also run a platform, yeah. I don't want anyone to compare themselves to me. Mm-hmm. I'm very big about telling people that my parents paid for my college. Mm-hmm. So when I moved to LA, I didn't have student loan debt because mm-hmm. I don't know if I could be doing what I was doing with that. Yeah. Um, because acting doesn't really pay you back Mm -hmm. for a very long period of time. (laughs) And when they do, it's in tiny little increments. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, so I think it's a really big thing to know because the comparison trap is Mm -hmm. huge, you know, especially with social media. Oh my God. Oh yeah. And then what about the roles that you really, really wanted, Mm. but you didn't get? How did you feel in those moments and how did you deal with those feelings? Yeah. When you said every no I got, I applied to five more. I feel that same way, mm-hmm. but I did have to, I do have to build myself in kind of a grieving period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'd love the idea of like the no comes in and I'm instantly like, and I go hard in the paint <laughs> over here all of a sudden. But it depends on the role. There's a couple in particular, one for a show that I auditioned for two years ago. And I don't even think it's come out yet, mm-hmm. which is weird. Um, I'll tell you about it when we're okay. off here. But it was one of the best auditions I think I've ever done. Mm -hmm. And I could watch it back to this day because it's a self-tape. And I know – and I sent it to my agent and she was like, I've never seen this role done this way. I've seen 80 tapes for this. This is incredible. And I was like, oh, this is it. Mm -hmm. This is the one. And so this is what I've had to talk myself down from Mm -hmm. is I thought this is going to be a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also loved the role. I loved the stuff the character was going through. I love what she was battling. Yeah. And I got so excited about it. And then I saw who was cast and that person was probably 10 years younger than me. Mm. I was like, oh, interesting. I didn't picture it like this. And while I want to understand, oh, that's the story they were telling. It's a different, you know, it's a totally different vibe than me. There's a reason they went that direction in some capacity. Mm Uh, I still had to get sad yeah. and I have to let myself feel my feelings or else I am not a nice person. Yeah. Oh yeah. We've talked about that before on the show about grieving situations that never came. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, there's things that have come up when I was out of town or I was booked on a project or I was spending time with my family and so I couldn't make it happen. Yeah. And I, there is a grief to that and it's weird to associate the word that you associate with losing someone with also losing a job. Yeah, but it is. when you've taken a piece of a character and created your own sense of it, mm-hmm. it does feel like you have mm-hmm. a loss sometimes, especially if you got a callback or yeah. you know, spent more extra time with something or even in 
if you're a creative, your imagination runs wild and you have to let it to a mm-hmm. certain extent. But man, that one was really hard. And so I have my grieving process often involves spending 24 to 48 hours and I get to be sad. Yeah. And I text my husband and I say, I'm in the sads. Mm. I have the sads. <laughs> and he knows that means that like we, it's she's very upset about something yeah. and like whatever she needs to talk about, we either talk about it or we don't. Mm-hmm. But I might not be able to watch TV that night because I'll be really bummed about whoever did get jobs yeah. or <laughs> whatever it is. And like I just yeah. need time and space. And oftentimes within the next couple of days, something that I call my teaspoon of hope will roll in. Mm-hmm. And that's either the next audition or a friend of mine who's a showrunner is like, hey, I just – my show's getting picked up and I can't wait to find a role for you. Mm-hmm. Or some show – some book I read is going to get made into a show and I know that it's going to be so good and I know there's a possibility that I could read for it. Mm-hmm. And those are my teaspoons of hope. And they, that will just – give me just enough to keep going until time washes away the sadness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had something similar. There was a job I applied for and everyone at this particular office gave me a letter of recommendation. Mm-hmm. They were like, we want you here, whatever you need. I, I don't think I've ever had a better interview. I thought I had it. I swear. Yeah. It was mine. That feeling where yes, you're like, I knew slam it. dunk. I was like, in the, it's done. It's mine. Whatever. And then, and then I didn't get it. And then I got the email. I was like, you didn't get this job. And I was like, oh, okay. So I had to take some time to sit with that too. Cause mm. it, it was really a job I, I wanted so bad. <sighs> so it's, it's a weird, it's a weird place that grieving something that doesn't happen, but it's yeah. super necessary to do. Yeah. And it feels like no one really gets that, but you, mm-hmm. especially in that time. Yeah. 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 And sometimes, you know, it's not – there's there's just so many factors. I think that's what helps me in those moments that, sure, part of it is maybe I wasn't the right fit, but there's so many other factors that go into it. It's yes. like maybe this person knows that person or maybe they wanted someone else for this particular thing yeah. or they had – sometimes it's prestigious, sometimes it's about who you know. There's yes. so many other things. And so to think it's just that I'm not a good fit isn't the only thing. Oh my God. It's not the only thing. Yes. I tell this to actors all the time because if we, because I do it too. Mm-hmm. And if I start to judge myself, yeah. it really messes me up for whatever the next thing is. Mm-hmm. And then I think, well, I wasn't good enough for that. I'm not good enough for this. You don't even know because there yeah. was actually a time. Uh, th- I remember specifically there was a job that I auditioned for in college. So mm-hmm. a long time ago. <laughs> and I I thought it was in another city and it was a real production and I was like, this is great. I'm totally going to get this. And I went to the callback and mm-hmm. I was like, this job is for me. It was some like <laughs> horror movie with cheerleaders. I don't know. Nice. And it, was to- it was totally me at the time. And uh, and I, I'd never heard back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I beat myself up so hard. I thought it yeah. was all me. I was like, I have so many things to fix in my acting. Mm-hmm. Clearly something's wrong. Maybe I need to dye my hair. I'm not yeah. – I just tore myself to pieces. The guy who was producing that, I met him on set years later, maybe mm-hmm. eight years later. And I said, hey, I auditioned for you back in the day. I don't know if mm-hmm. you remember this. And he said, oh, we picked you. I said, excuse me? Because <laughs> I distinctly remember this was one of my first big rejections. Yeah. And he said, no, we picked you, but then we hired a new director because our director fell through and the director decided to bring in his entirely own cast. So <laughs> I actually got the job yeah. 
and I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. So it's like picking yourself apart for something mm-hmm. that is so far out of your control. Yeah. You have no idea. And mm-hmm. and sometimes the director's nanny is going to get the co-star. And I know that because I've been the director's nanny and they've helped me get jobs before. And there's only so much you can do. Yeah. It's so important. There's a, there's a lot, there's a lot more than what it seems. Yeah, totally. So what inspires you in those moments? What motivates Mm. you to keep going, to keep trying? Yeah. To not just stop. I have this, unbelievably ridiculous notion that I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. And I wish I knew why sometimes. And sometimes I don't wish I knew why. <laughs> but it it makes – there's nothing tangible about it. There's nothing – there's no reason for it. But I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing and it's this. Mm. And I'm supposed to be acting. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that Mm -hmm. I'm going to be successful in whatever way I see fit. And it might not look like I used to think it would. It might not look like – obviously, I wasn't famous when I was 22 and on the cover (laughs) of magazines like I assumed. Rude. Uh, But I'm still here and I'm still achieving slowly but surely. And I think because uh, an agent friend of mine called me a slow burn actor Mm. and because I've had – been this slow burn because I've had so many no's. Yeah. It's built me up to be the person who's like, all right, whatever it ends up being, I'm going to talk about it as I go. Yeah. And I built the One Broke Actress platform on that concept of being a slow burn actor mm-hmm. and of not knowing what's coming next. And because of that, I have what I have and I think it's going to power more of my career down the line. Yeah. I think One Broke Actress has so much to give and so much to do. I think so too. Beyond just me, mm-hmm. right? I think there's there's so many other actors I get to bring into the fold. I have actors who work with me now mm-hmm. and that's cool. I get to pay them. <laughs> I love that. I want to support creatives in their career to be able to audition yeah. and work from home. And and so there's there's a lot to be given in that that I think is uh, is different than what I thought it was going to be. But yeah, I really think – it's that knowing mm-hmm. that is weird and I cannot explain it. And there's also a part of me that feels on days where I do want to give up. I think about the people that I get to help by talking about the low points mm-hmm. and existing in them and how beneficial it's been mm-hmm. for me to admit them and uh, and to be real about them and to continue on past them. Yeah. And so I think of the people that I get to help and that often fuels the fire these days. That's incredible. Yeah. What – have you ever had a situation where you knew it wasn't the right fit? Is that what makes you know what is the right fit? Because it's it's sort of this feeling, this intuition that you have. Yeah. Yeah, there's totally gut feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of one off the bat. You give me an example and I'll think of one. Okay. You tell so me about one of yours. This is one from – way back in the day, but I, I don't know. I had a job in, um, in college Mm -hmm. and this is like not a great example, but I had a job in college and I worked at, I worked at a bookstore. (laughs) 
Sounds like a rom-com. Go on. <laughs> and I was so bad at it. I couldn't find the books anywhere. Like, students... <laughs> Wait, are they in alphabetical order? I don't know what order they were in, and I couldn't find them. I knew I couldn't find them anywhere. Students would come. They would have their slip whatever, like, these are the books. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, like, they're somewhere... <laughs> We should, we should see who works here. See if they can help you. Not me. So I knew that didn't work, but that's a feeling that I, I think I knew. Like the bookstore is sort of the the thing that brought it out, but it's mm. that feeling of oh, I'm not clicking with this. Like yeah. I think I work better somewhere where I'm like more passionate and there's mm-hmm. more energy. So I ended up working at a coffee shop and there was room for me to move up there. So I like to like strive for things, you know what yeah. I mean? And so um, I worked at a coffee shop through college, but then another big one is being an environmental attorney. I mm-hmm. always wanted to be in the environmental field. This is actually probably a better example, but I worked in immigration for a really long time doing immigration work. That's a hard job well yeah so it was business immigration yeah okay so it was very high volume like just people coming to work in the U.S. from different countries but working for really big companies so it was it's probably not what you thought right when I said it yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) I was like I know there's like two million backed up cases right now for yeah I did I did do some of that work which was really rewarding and that part I liked Mm. I got to do some pro bono cases when I was working but amazing for me the immigration didn't click with my with my spirit. Like it mm. didn't align with what I it just didn't feel right. Like mm-hmm. I liked working hard. I like working long hours. But for something I'm passionate about, that's when I can justify putting my all into something. And yeah. so for me that's always been environmental work. And mm. I've and I'm an environmental trainer now. I'll work like 12 hours a day. Like when we're in trial, I don't mind. Yeah. Because I'm passionate about what we're doing and we're doing environmental protection work. So we're trying to to protect the environment from polluters and stuff like that. So I think that's my biggest example is when I was in immigration, it got me to where I needed to be. So I'm so grateful for it. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. it wasn't if I didn't, I didn't see myself doing it long term if I was being super honest with myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is probably my examples as well as things like side jobs Mm -hmm. because as an actor – I don't know if anybody doesn't know this, but we don't make most of our money from acting. <laughs> most of us don't. And the people who are famous also own property, so they also don't make most of their money from acting either. Um, but uh, I've worked a lot of side jobs, and mm-hmm. I loved them. I love most of them because I like to try on a hat. Like, what is what is this world like? What is yeah. it like to – I've never worked in a coffee shop, so instantly my brain was like, oh, what would my morning schedule be like if I worked in a coffee shop? Would yeah. I need to buy coffee? Would I would I have regulars? <laughs> like, And I romanticize it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but that is what my brain goes to. So when I've had several new jobs and I assume they're going to go a certain way, I can think of – there was a really famous woman I nannied for for a total of a week. Nice. And her requests and asks – were so far fetched. Mm-hmm. And so like there was a certain CVS mm-hmm. she needed me to go to. Not that one, this one. Mm-hmm. And I said, but I'm right by this one because I'm picking the kids up from school. And she said, no, you need to go across town. You can go to this one. And I was like, I'm so confused <laughs> about what the difference is in a drugstore. And after the first week, I said, I think this is not a good fit for me. And yeah. that ability to pick up something and quit it when it doesn't feel good is yeah. something I've always kept. And mm-hmm. I think it's because – I've always gotten new jobs. There's Mm -hmm. always a side job. Once again, a privilege thing. Uh, But there's always been new jobs for me to get. I also worked at Abercrombie & Fitch for a total of 48 hours. (laughs) 
because <laughs> that was horrific. I remember I, they, I said, do you want me to do anything else? And they said, you can unfold that stack of t-shirts and refold it. And I said, okay. And then I finished my day of work there and I never came back. I've never not, I've never not quit a job before. That was the only one. That is so funny. Sorry, Springfield, Missouri, Abercrombie and Fish. I don't know if you're still there, but that was bad. The battlefield now. Uh, but jobs are a big thing to me because they take up so much energy and time. And like you said, yeah. when you're doing something you care about, you'll be there mm -hmm. all day long if you need to. Yeah. So if I'm on a set and they're like, yeah, we're going to go up to 16 hours today. One, make sure the crew is taken care of because mm -hmm. that's a big thing we're dealing with with IOTSI and honestly everyone on set these days. But two, I'm in because mm -hmm. I'm in Disneyland. I'm at yeah. my favorite place in the world. But if it's other people, you know, if it's a job where I didn't love it there, like, yo, can you stay and work extra hours? I'm like, oh, man, mm -hmm. I really don't want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. It's a different vibe. Yeah. And so I think especially for anyone who's in the creative field, probably what you're doing for money is not what you do for creation or mm -hmm. for fun. And so I think you really have to safeguard that intuition and that time and energy that you mm -hmm. give to the capitalist society with which we live. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so have there been any moments that didn't work out that led you to something else that was great? that you were really happy about. Um, my husband is a good example of this. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, so to take it all the way back in college, I went on a date with a guy who was so kind and his name was Lee mm -hmm. and we only went on one date and he was lovely and he said you're into fitness cuz i went to the gym and ran sometimes like oh let's gosh. be clear i wasn't really into fitness back then <laughs> i did what i had to do and uh, and he said you're into fitness you should you should check out crossfit i do crossfit and so we didn't go on another date but i ended up going to the gym he went to and do you stop for sirens i don't think so okay um and so because i went to the gym that he went to i loved it. Mm -hmm. It was what I did my last year of college. And the second I got to LA, I started looking for a CrossFit gym to go to because that's where I had found my community. Mm -hmm. So this date that didn't go anywhere <laughs> ended up being the thing that led me to my LA community. Mm. And yeah, and that's where I found my best friends. Mm. It's where I found, it's where I met my husband. Uh, I ended up working at the gym. I was the front desk person and he was one of the new coaches Lo and behold, a year later, I got him. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and yeah, we've been together for 10 years, married for two. Mm -hmm. And that was only because somebody I went on a date with introduced me to CrossFit. And now I, I also met several people in the business. And so I've gotten acting roles because of it, wow. because of the community, because it's a pretty tight-knit group. Oh, because of this one guy that didn't work out? Yep. Nice. Yep, yep. I thought... <laughs> I said to my husband's name's Caleb, and I said to Caleb one day, I was like, do you think I should write him a thank you note? And just yeah. say like, you don't know how you impacted my life, but you really did. Thank you so much. He was like, no, that's a little creepy. I was like, okay, I won't do it. But, you know, if he ever happens to listen to this, Lee, I really appreciate you guiding me to CrossFit because it's given me so much. And it also helped me. I've had a history of eating disorders and learning to be strong mm. in my own body has been, it's been huge. Wow. It's been huge. So that all came from one date that didn't go anywhere. So yeah. everyone listening, if you're on a bad date or if you're going on a bad date, yeah. it could lead to some life-changing stuff. You can still take their recommendations <laughs> and you don't have to bring them with you. 
That's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. That's a good one. Um, So, yeah, so it sounds like you found some gratitude. You found ways Mm. to be thankful for the things that haven't worked out. And that's really what we love to hear on this show because it's it's so inspiring for for me especially and definitely for the listeners that even when things aren't working out there's so much good that can still come from it and it's and it's like taking action taking the next action and just I think it gives me hope too Mm -hmm. in my future when things don't work out well you know one day I'll be saying thank you for saying no you know yeah oh I love that so pivot here. I recently mm-hmm. heard you talking about um, your value, your validation of yourself and mm-hmm. how that's separate from your validation of your career. Yeah. And that was profound. That was big. Do you, can you touch on that a little? Like, tell us what that means for you and how you do that. Oh, man. I mean, it is kind of what we I just said about capitalist society, right? We live in a world that values for what you can produce. Mm-hmm. And if you're a, a female presenting person, it might be producing children. Mm-hmm. Uh, for most of us, it's producing income or product or content mm-hmm. in some capacity. And it's really hard to be a human being and not a human doing. Mm. And and it's it, oh god i i struggle with it all the time because i own my podcast production company and i own my platform one broke actress and then i have my acting career mm-hmm. so everything that creates product for me in some capacity is of my own volition and i'm the steam engine behind all of it so if i have a good day and make a lot of money i'm like oh that was such a good day i did good stuff yeah. if i'm having a really chill day and i don't have meetings and i just want to read or hang mm-hmm. out with my dogs or my husband sometimes i think i haven't done enough yeah there's so much space i could have filled with productivity mm-hmm. and it took a lot of work and it's still this is a work in progress mm-hmm. but my career, especially acting, because I have so little control over what comes out of that, yeah. I don't get to choose to cast me. Mm-hmm. I can make my own stuff, which is what I kind of do with a podcast and with the platform. Mm-hmm. But I don't get to be I don't get to be the studio network person giving me a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. One day. One day. I can see you in Marvel. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, it's some CrossFit stuff, oh, right? Oh, 100%. And we got to write him the thank you note if we get to that point. Yeah, we will. <laughs> I'll sign my name too. Okay, great. Deal. <laughs> Um, but but that is – it's so hard to know that on a day where I don't have something that is – that elicits income mm-hmm. or a product or uh, an acting booking that I'm still a valid person. Yeah. And I'm still okay to take up space. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I've worked on a lot in therapy mm. is what – what do people appreciate about me? Yeah. And if you ask the people you love the most what they love about you, which I get is a hard question to ask, but you should ask it because you get some really rad answers mm-hmm. and you should jot them down and keep them for the dark days mm-hmm. because what people love about me the most turns out is not my ability to make money. <laughs> it's yeah. not Ooh. the stuff that I put out into That's the world. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's they love who I am. And they love that I make them laugh and they love when I listen and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that is not what I do at my job. Aspects of it, yeah, I do a lot of listening. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of caring and sharing and that kind of stuff. But the thing that people love about me is me, mm-hmm. not what I produce. Mm-hmm. So that has been a constant battle. And to know that 
that way when I go into an audition room, when I show up for a podcast, whatever it is, I'm still worthy of being there, Mm -hmm. whether or not I have been a good member of society today, according to money standards. Yeah. And that seems really vital when Mm. you're getting rejections is knowing your own value separate from getting rejections from roles or from jobs or whatever it may be. Yeah. And it has, it needs to be normalized more. I think Mm -hmm. it's hard. It's so hard in the TikTok world to know that just because what you do doesn't elicit a good soundbite doesn't mean that it's worthless. Yeah. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do. That's, that's really interesting. I like that. I like the idea of asking the ones around you because sometimes it's hard for us to see it too. When, or, or people see things that we didn't even like notice or acknowledge about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Totally. And it's something that most people don't hear until their funeral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And then or they don't hear it. Yeah. Or until it's maybe your wedding day or mm-hmm. you're having like a big important celebration. No and those happier. are <laughs> Yeah. And those are so so few and far between. Yeah. So on a random Tuesday, turn to the people you live with and or the people you talk to the most and yeah. say, what do you love about me? And then give it right back to them and tell them yeah. what you love about them. It's Aww. a beautiful exercise. I'm going to do that when I get home. Do it. Do it. <laughs> so. Make them tell you in person, though. It feels so much better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what advice would you give to aspiring actors and actresses? But mm. also, I think more generally, this would apply. Just anyone. We have a lot of creatives who are mm-hmm. our listeners um, in the music industry. A lot of them, DJs, producers, yeah. people who sing. We do have some actors and actresses. And then, of course, some people in various professional roles and stuff like that. But so having all that in mind, what advice would you give to people who are going through a rejection after rejection after rejection Mm. moment? Give yourself space to feel it, first of all. And don't let anyone invalidate your feelings on it Mm. because it's really hard to move past it if you feel resentful about it. Mm -hmm. It's almost impossible, to be honest. And then I would say this is where you source your community Mm -hmm. and find people who can normalize this for you Mm -hmm. because I guarantee you somebody else in your field has gone through this, Mm -hmm. even if they're not in your field. But it's easier to take in someone's feelings and normalization of a moment when they've done or they're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So if you're an actor, for example, and you're not getting jobs or you can't get an agent or you're not even getting seen for auditions – Talk to those around you because I promise you it happens to everyone. And it feels like it's an endless span of time, but it is just a tunnel you can't see the end of yet. Yeah. And, you know, anybody in any of those fields, any creative field or any like nine to five, my God, if you have nine to five, God bless. <laughs> Tell me, what is it like to have a 401k? I'm dying. I'm, I'm dying for that. But, but to to find people and peers in your space who have gone through what you're going through Mm -hmm. and finding a way to normalize it and to talk about it will take a lot of the power away from it. Mm -hmm. So it's not just this thing you don't talk about. It's, it's a natural part of it. And then you get to help someone who's behind you one day. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you do beautifully on this podcast is to showcase stories of this is not what we thought it was going to be, but it's kind of even better. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, that's kind of would be my advice of what to do in those the sads, as yeah, I call them. The sads. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, you know, too, for me, when when I'm in those really low places, mm-hmm. when I just feel like everything's going wrong, and it seems like, too, when 
when I get one rejection here, there's like five more over here. And oh, then it compiles, right? It, yes, it yes. adds up. Then I'm somehow going through a breakup at the same time. <laughs> and, then, and then like you're like <laughs> so, something happens to your home. Yeah. Like there's a water leakage. <laughs> yes. And your car has a flat tire. I it's, don't have a yes. car. It's just all of, all of this stuff. So it adds up. And so I have to really have practices in the good times mm-hmm. so that, that I do in the good times and I'm they're a constant, they're things that I'm used to doing. So when things explode or blow up, I have that practice already set. Mm. Do you have any practices like that? Are you talking about self-care? Yeah, self-care. <laughs> yeah, number one is therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know it is uh, very expensive in a lot of ways, but there's ways in which it's not these days. There's a lot of actually, and I've used a lot of the services of for people who have lower income finding a therapist. There's tons in California. They're all over the place, but there are tons of websites you can use as resources. Yeah. And I think finding a neutral source to talk about stuff like that is mm-hmm. is a big part. And there are days where I think, I have nothing to talk about in therapy today. Everything's going great. <laughs> where, what are we even going to cover? I don't even know if I should go. And then I get there, I'm like, oh, these are the days that I do a lot of work. Yeah. This is where it matters. Yeah. And then I set it up to where that is constant. Mm-hmm. Uh, another constant for me in my life is movement. Mm-hmm. And whether it be some sort of like strength training thing or my husband and I did a high rocks race recently, which is a mix of running and all of these like obstacle type like what? like sled pushes and pulls and oh ski ergs and, and wall balls and no 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 um, ski ergs oh. like a machine like you pull down okay. it's kind of like a stand up rower. Do those <laughs> You yeah, should try. It's wild. This would be horrible in the snow. In Florida, they did it in the sand, though. Okay. Uh, but but finding other things outside of your initial purview mm-hmm. um, that motivate you that have nothing to do with the success you're trying to achieve uh, are things I lean on heavily in those times. So mm-hmm. you know, we we train. Like I I do a lot of athletic training. Um, I also have my dogs, and yeah. I'm always walking them. I'm always around. There's mm-hmm. always stuff to do. Uh, I try to meditate. I'm not 100% I was great ask at you it. About meditating. Yeah, I fit it in. It used to be a thing that I did in the morning, but I think I did it because I felt I had to. Hmm. I felt that good, productive people and good actors meditate. Mm-hmm. And so I was just checking a box. I wasn't mm. actually actively participating. Yeah. And now it's something I actually enjoy doing at the end of the day. Yeah. So when I've ra- you too, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like almost a mental nap. Yeah. <laughs> no. So I it's so funny you say that. So I've I've been doing these in person guided meditations mm. that are in the evening. Oh, cool. And it's really incredible. It's it's a different experience than when I meditate by myself mm. or have a guide on on the phone, which yeah. is just as great but it's just a different experience being in person and the whole surroundings and everything I feel like I should share this one experience with you yeah so this the the guide so we're laying down it's very comfortable actually we're laying down there's blankets Mm. it's cozy right and so you're in this like this very comfortable relaxed position Mm. I'm mentally going (laughs) right now and the guide was like picture a bubble Mm. around you like three feet or so completely around you and that's your safe space. That's your healing. That's where you can just be and you're safe there. And then around that space, picture people in your life who support you, um, who have your best interests in mind. Mm-hmm. They're surrounding, their energy, right, is like surrounding your safe bubble. Oh, that's beautiful. And then in the third, the third layer, you're supposed to picture like your angels and the people mm-hmm. who are watching over you, guiding you, that sort of thing, right? So in my second layer, I picture, of course, my mom and my dad. 
and then some other important people in my life. And then in my third layer, I picture my Nana and my Uncle Lester and someone named Patrick, mm-hmm. who's really important to me. And in that moment, I have never felt so safe oh. ever. I've never felt as safe as I did in that space that I created for myself wow. through this guide. <laughs> yeah. But that, so for me, like I want to be there all the time. I want to be in that, in that space. And, and I think it's so beautiful because that's a space I can go back to. No one can take that from me. Yeah. That's my space. You were literally laying on the floor mm-hmm. in a room. Yeah. And you created that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I, I feel that really deeply and meditation has been a really big instrument in my hardest moments. Mm, I love that. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Where do you go meditate in a group? I'll tell you after. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. I think it's, there's something about tapping into that intuition that we mm-hmm. were talking about earlier that only comes when you quiet down yeah. all of the other stuff. And it's not, it doesn't, as much as I wish it was, it doesn't come instantly. It's Mm-mm. not like I started meditating today and I found my intuition no. and here I am. Mm-mm. It's just a process over time of learning to get years. quiet. This was years. <laughs> yes. It's been years. Yeah. yeah. You had a huge breakthrough after years. <laughs> like that's crazy. But it makes so much sense to me because yeah. you, it's, we're, this is a world of people are listening to a podcast or mm-hmm. they're watching this on their phone or whatever they're paying yeah. attention to. It. There's a lot of content. There's a constant stream of information, stuff mm-hmm. around you. In Los Angeles, you drive two feet and you see a new billboard that you've never seen before. <laughs> it's like very jarring. Yeah. Driving down Sunset is not safe. No. Um, <laughs> especially for me. I yeah, don't know about same. you. Yeah, I literally, I was like, oh shit, I'm, I'm driving. <laughs> I was like, wait, who's in that movie? Yeah. Oh, I'm driving the car, driving the car. Uh, but <laughs> a safe driver, I promise. Um, but, uh, but, but, yeah, so finding a, some place to block mm-hmm. and just be quiet, Yeah, whether it's you lay on your couch and close your eyes, whether you go into a room with people, mm-hmm. whether it's after you park your car, you put it in park and you take five deep breaths, mm-hmm. like that, it's, I think that is a huge part of, of this whole yeah. experience. And I think meditation too started for me just sitting for two minutes. Yeah. Two, sometimes it was one minute. Yeah. Sometimes one minute felt really long. This, <laughs> this meditation, I'm talking about 45 minutes and it, it went like that. I've been to a sound bath like that before yeah. and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. It was it was an hour long. I was like, I can't believe I'm going to lay here for an hour. And then it was over. And I said, that was five seconds long. This is yeah. Don't kick me out of this room yet. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're powerful. There's an energy there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and other forms of meditation could be listening to a song, mm-hmm. going some, like to nature or hiking oh, yeah. or just working out. There's lots of different forms of meditation. Um so for listeners at home, it's not always 45 minutes in a room. <laughs> no, but every once in a while, that sounds real yeah. lovely. I'm yeah. into it. I'm into it. Um, so I feel like this is a good note for us to end on. Mm. Some self-good, positive self-care stuff. Yeah. Um, this conversation for me has been really moving and really empowering. So thank you for being here and sharing your story with us. Um, it's it's really informative, right? Thanks. And and also very inspiring. You have you have knowledge and you have experience, and the way you present it, I think, is really respectable. Thank you so much. Thank you for trusting yeah. me on your podcast to take yeah. up space with you after meeting me for ten minutes at a conference. That I did is my so cool. On you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I mean, same. I'm very impressed with your work. Uh, yeah. But I think you know, it's it's a there's a special podcasting has like a special place in my heart. And I think mm-hmm. something about turning off our phones and just connecting with another person is is yeah. really, and this doesn't exist a lot. And so thank you so much for giving me a, a moment of quiet and connection today. This was really, really nice. 
Of course. Do you want to um, tell the listeners like what you have going on, where they can find you? Yeah. Well, there's a, uh, there's a writer's strike going on right now. So, uh, not much. (laughs) Um, uh, it's my podcast and all of my things are one broke actress. So one broke actress on all of the podcast sites, one broke actress on Instagram, on TikTok, and on YouTube as well. Cause we put all the podcasts on YouTube and, uh, I'm Sam Valentine on Instagram if you want to look at what my dogs and husband look like because that's really all I use that page for. Um, and uh, and I'm working on some projects right now, but nothing that's like up to fruition yet. So awesome. yeah, so just lots of lots of fun fun rooms. I feel like I should have something else to share, but uh, <laughs> just my things. Oh, and I run a podcast production company called Fast Forward Production, and that's a female forward podcast production company. We keep it low cost so we can help females especially with small businesses get their podcasts off the ground and run them and uh that's that's part of the reason I think podcasting is so special it's just it's uh it's an important medium and I think it's the only passive medium if you're not watching it on video and so so I love being in other people's too so thank you for having me thank you And everybody, real quick before we end, if you like the Thank You for Saying No podcast, you should also check out the V-List podcast. The V-List is about everything from A to V. It has inspirational, educational, and motivational content meant to enhance your life. If you check out episode 69, it has a Thank You for Saying No theme to it. You'll also want to check out the 80s TV Ladies podcast, which is a pop culture podcast devoted to the beloved female-driven TV shows from the 1980s. With great interviews, insightful commentary, and Emmy award-winning guests, it unpacks pop culture, television history, and the two steps forward, one step back of media-driven feminism. I will link both of these podcast info in the description. And please don't forget to follow and subscribe to the Thank You For Saying No on Instagram, at Thank You For Saying No, and on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this right now. Until next time. Follow and subscribe to the Thank You For Saying No podcast and you'll get every episode as soon as it's released.